So if you look as the crow flies, like my office looks out onto St Andrew's house. Uh-huh. And I reckon we could do a zip wire. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be great fun. Is that what this crane is for? <laughs> is it already in motion? I, reckon, I know there would be terrible <laughs> photo ops and I can think of one politician in particular who's been caught out in a zip wire. <laughs> But I just think that would be great fun. That would be amazing. Not so good for getting back up the hill. Well, you could maybe have like a reciprocal zip wire where you can't yeah, yeah. someone to come back up to St Andrew's house and then you to get a counterweight civil <laughs> servant or something like that. Get the engineers onto it. <laughs> Do you remember when we were kids and it was just second nature to run around just because we loved running around? What happened? When did we all become too busy to do the things that used to make us feel so happy? And how come it now feels so hard to tear ourselves away from a computer screen or from behind a car steering wheel to prioritise the most natural thing in the world, moving our bodies? I'm Lee Craigie and I want to see if I can find a way back to that joy of moving, not because we should exercise, but because we want to. In this series of Moving Conversations with Scottish Ministers, I'm going to explore the motivations, benefits and barriers the people running our country feel they face in being everyday active. I want to hear stories from their active childhoods about how their levels of physical activity might have changed over time. We all have the same beating heart and we all need to take care of it. But how easy is it for us to be everyday active? Is everybody happy for us just to take a walk? So Marie's got until, got, you've got to be, you'll keep us right with timing, won't you? Yeah, we'll just take, take a walk. Today, I'm being active with Marie Todd, the Minister for Public Health, Women's Health and Sport. And what's the way that you would normally get to Holyrood from here? So I would normally go a very direct route, right. just straight down the hill. That way? No, this that way. That way, on down um, the hill. But if I've got a bit of time to spare, I take a wander through the graveyard, oh, yeah. which has all sorts of folk in it. Yeah. And history. Let's let's go that way, shall yeah, we? Yeah. yeah. I'll show you the little path we take, but and it's worth seeing, yeah. just because you'll see it's quite rough terrain. Uh huh. Cool. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds lovely. I had a really interesting conversation with somebody on Twitter when I was talking about this podcast and about the walk between the two buildings, um, and he was saying, "Oh yeah, but what about women walking?" Um, alone. So, like, so there is that. I think people. So it's quite a dark wee lane. Doesn't trouble me. Uh-huh. But I, I imagine uh-huh. we're speaking the day after yeah. the conclusion of a really awful trial. Uh-huh. I think a lot of women would think twice about walking yeah. down that wee path on their own. Yeah. Um, but then I wondered if the argument isn't women shouldn't walk alone. They should. We should be looking at how society is constructed exactly. so that that isn't exactly. the case. But yeah. It should be safe for women to walk yeah, anywhere. Totally. Yeah. I mean, there's another reason why women don't exercise. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I quite like the wee lane. I, I mean, I know. <laughs> so, I'm, a, I'm not a city girl, and I do love a wee sight of wildlife, and I know that a lot of people in the city think of grey squirrels as rodents. <laughs> but I'm still quite excited when I see a squirrel. When you see a grey squirrel, you don't. I know, I feel the same way. I feel that they get such a... A hard rap, don't they, grey squirrels? They're just living their life. They just because they're not red. Yeah, yeah. So I still think they're quite cute. So you sometimes see them on that path. On the path that, down yeah. to the Oh, yeah. Really? You never get a chance to go up into 
around Arthur's seat or anything? Are you always oh, too busy I, for so, that? So I do. Um, I mean, I do my daily mile every morning. I run along the side of Holyrood Park and round the wee loch. Oh, right. Is it St, St Mary's loch? St Mary's loch, uh-huh. yeah. But if I've got a bit of time, like say if I haven't managed to do my daily mile in the morning and it's a lovely evening, I'll sometimes go right round Arthur's seat. Oh, right. Either run or uh, sometimes bike it. I've got a wee fold-up bike down here. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, Easy to get on the train. Well, um, more that I can get it into the lift and store it in my flat. Oh, I see. Right, yeah. <laughs> so there's no bike storage uh-huh. at, at my flat. So uh, having a wee fold-up bike means I can store it safely. That makes sense. Storage is an issue, isn't it? When you yeah, and yeah, you know once you once you start to unpick these things, you realise how many barriers there are. Uh huh. You know, was it last week was World No Car Day? Uh huh. And I cycled to uh, to an appointment. It was great. I mean, it was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. I love being out on my bike. But of course, I don't really know Edinburgh, so I got a wee bit lost. Uh-huh. So that's one of the challenges. Yeah. And the tyres were a wee bit soft so I was saying to my husband I'm going to have to buy a gadget that means I can put my Google Maps on the handlebars and I'm going to have to get a pump to make sure that uh, my tyres are pumped up and maybe an Allen key to adjust the brakes and I was thinking I haven't got the kit for the bike Uh here I've taken the bike down but I haven't got the kit Uh (laughs) so that's the path that that I would normally go down and that goes right down to the bottom and then crosses the road there and straight oh, to the Parliament. That's right. the most direct route. Right. Yeah, I can see how that might yeah, be a yeah. bit intimidating at night. Yeah. 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 And it can be quite mucky okay. weather-wise. Uh-huh. I mean, it's tarmac now, but there's definitely times when it's yeah, yeah. mucky and leafy. Uh-huh. Hi, Gregor. Uh-huh. How are you? <laughs> Just demonstrating the healthy walk that you're taking down to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go down through the graveyard then? Or what way do you think would be best? I think we should go along the top to the graveyard. Yeah. But I can show you at the bottom where that comes out. Oh yeah, out. that'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah. But I've never I, been down there. I don't know if I've told you my little um, scheme. Uh-huh. So if you look as the crow flies, like my office looks out onto St Andrew's house. Uh-huh. And I reckon we could do a zip wire. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be great fun. Is that what this crane is for? <laughs> is it already in motion? I, reckon, I know there would be terrible <laughs> photo ops and I can think of one politician in particular who's been caught out in a zip wire. But I just think that would be great fun. That would be amazing. Not so good for getting back up the hill. Well, you could maybe have like a reciprocal zip wire where you uh, yeah, catapult yeah. someone to come back up to St Andrew's house and uh, you to get a counterweight civil <laughs> servant or something like that. Get the engineers onto it. But <laughs> That's a brilliant idea. Because one of the challenges, one of the barriers is that if meetings run over and you're running late, uh-huh. you know, there's a rigidity about when voting happens. Yeah. Or there was before we had hybrid operations. So you have to be in the chamber to vote right. at a certain time. And certainly when we were a minority government, we're a majority government now because of the green... Um, arrangement cooperation arrangement but when we were a minority government every vote counts Uh so if you're meant to be voting you have to be voting and you have to get down there fast and is it faster to drive? is it faster to get in a car? I don't I mean questionable Uh but for some people, I mean, I think it would be faster for me to walk, uh-huh. but I would have trainers on, and right, yeah. if you haven't got decent shoes, it's going to be a slow walk down that hill, uh-huh. and it, I guess it depends how fit you are. 
There are other things. I mean, I was thinking about all the barriers. There are times when I've taken cars quite short distance if I've been ill. So I have asthma. It's very well controlled, rarely troubles me. But there's maybe I've had two exacerbations in the time that I've been a minister. And then you just can't walk any distance. No, and there's always going to be those <laughs> moments, aren't there? Yeah, and you have to adapt. There's always yeah. going to be something comes up. But So, you know, there will be individual reasons why people yeah. find it hard to walk at certain times. When I arrived at the event last week after um, biking there, I was all, my hair was wild. I was hot and bothered it was a little bit late uh-huh. and I was thinking there's another barrier <laughs> like I'm, I'm arriving and having to change yeah. my shoes brush my hair sort myself out you know yeah. and I'm already late for the event um, and we were talking about this actually just before um, we met with you we were talking about the different vibe that that gives off with some when someone arrives obviously having actively got there and there's a social consideration you know we're, we're you I suppose in your role are supposed to look a certain way and supposed to be yeah. turned out in a certain way and yet there's something really lovely and humanizing so and that, so about turning up in a that's exactly what happened so yes I am meant to present a certain way but they loved it and you know one of the lovely things about Scottish government is that we are so human we are so accessible oh. we are made up of people who are just like everyone else yeah. and actually the people at the event really liked that. Oh, well. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not amazing. You know, when I was changing my trainers into my trainers at the end, this lassie says to me, "Why do that?" And I said, "Well, all women do." <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And did, was there was the cogs turning with with her? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. No, oh, it's it's just, it was just. It lovely. is about role modelling, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, if, as Minister for Public Health, if I can't arrive a little bit dishevelled because of got there actively then yeah who can (laughs) i know and the same for me but then i suppose there is that risk of people saying oh well you're the active nation commissioner and you know you're the public health absolutely the other thing i was thinking about i mean i was out i was out last week on my daily mile and got really wet out this morning on my daily mile and got really wet and i was thinking there is something like i am reasonably tolerant about arriving a bit disheveled but if you've actually got soaked to the skin yeah and you arrive at Holyrood and you're on camera yeah <laughs> yeah you know so there's yeah. yeah no absolutely I totally do see that and and the footwear thing is also an issue footwear and, and just generally clothing you uh-huh. know we're both wearing today as we walk jackets that are waterproof but you know most people would expect a minister to wear a coat uh-huh. which may not have a hood uh-huh. I find umbrellas pretty tricky it's usually too windy in Scotland uh-huh. for them so you think it should be a government issue wa- waterproof, waterproof jacket jacket with a <laughs> splashdown for cycling get you walking <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we did that for our children and young people maybe we should do it for some grown-ups well, too <laughs> absolutely Why not? get them outdoors get them outdoors anything it does because these bad, you're right. I think these barriers are um, definitely not worth minimising. Is it in? Is no, it? this is just a little park, oh, which right. is also lovely. Um, because the we came up through the graveyard, up through Calton graveyard behind us. So is this a different way down that you would go down? So, actually, if I'm walking in this graveyard, it would be. Usually, if I had a bit of time at lunchtime or something like that, I would come out of Holyrood and walk in it. 
Um, generally, when I'm doing the journey from St Andrews to Ho Holyrood, you are pressed for time, uh -huh. so I take the most direct route. Uh -huh. Um, but the, I'm just thinking the graveyard that we were thinking about was Calton, which was back up there. Right. No, well, so I, going... I think that's the wrong oh, right. direction. I'm not sure. I'm probably going to get you lost. I did say I don't know Edinburgh. <laughs> well, maybe we should pause for a moment. <laughs> because Ca Calton graveyard's back up there down to the left. Have we, we gone just, past the I entrance? I think we might have passed it. <laughs> which, is, which is fine because we've got time and luckily we've both got time which, which just illustrates one of the challenges for me <laughs> the GPS. You need a GPS for me it. walking around Edinburgh is that I don't know it and if I'm in a rush and need to get from A to B <laughs> I need to make sure I go the right way so where did you grow up Marie? so I grew up in Ullapool oh, right. in the West Highlands which is just a stunning wee part of the world, beautiful village, gorgeous, gorgeous scenery and lovely. Yeah, uh -huh. I, I, I have a, I'm in danger often of looking back with rose-tinted glasses. That village has been good to me my whole life. Yeah, you know, so I still feel very strongly connected to it. My dad's still there. Um, still in the house that you grew up in. Yeah, yeah. And did you, did you go to Alibul High School then? Yep. And how did you get there? We would walk. So we just lived in the housing estate right next to the school, so we would walk uh -huh. every day. And did everybody walk? Everybody walked. We all walked together. Uh -huh. In fact, I can remember some big gales and things where we kind of... I, I do vividly remember that, where we would, like the, all the kids, because there's loads of kids in St Valery, we would all walk together in the middle of the road. Oh. to stop sleets <laughs> from hitting us <laughs> oh, right, like in a gale <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you do get it right off the sea in Alapo, yeah, yeah. yeah. were the folk in your like peer group were you were you always moving around like Alapo's small so were Absolutely. you always active and moving I, I mean I suppose there was a gang of kids of different ages so and I had an older sister so there were always some older kids to look out for the younger kids, but uh -huh. I really feel like I had loads of freedom growing up. I was able to roam quite widely from uh -huh. home on foot, on bike, once I learned to ride a bike, uh -huh. and it was pretty safe uh -huh. because everybody knew you. There weren't so many cars on the road then. And that just gives young people so much autonomy, doesn't it? You know, that I used to t talk about how... It's sort of, it's not just about how you get around, it's how you inter interact with the environment, it's how you meet your friends, it's how you socialise, it's just... Absolutely. It's I mean, when I was Minister for Children and Young People, I went to a thing one time that was about outdoor play and outdoor education and things, and they asked people to think back to a time in their childhood when they were happy. Uh -huh. And then, you know, we all did that and we reimagined the place and things, and then they asked people to put their hands up how many were outdoors and, and pretty much 100% really? were outdoors when they thought back to that happy childhood no place. Way. And then they asked, were, were there any adults there? Uh -huh. And no. But, but there will have been adults there. So in the same way as I say, it was perfectly safe for me to roam around my village because everybody knew me uh -huh. and looked out for me. Um, there were adults looking out for me, but, uh -huh. they, but, but they weren't there. But I was... But I was in charge myself. Yeah. I had loads of freedom. So important. So outside and unsupervised. And those are happiest uh -huh. memories for kids. Yeah. 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 
What did you say was your happiest memory and that you remember? <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'd be hard pushed. I had, there's different things at different stages. I mean, I, I loved plodging in the river when I was a kid. We used to catch tiddlers. Plodging? Plodging. What's, so what's plodging? just being ankle deep in the river with a okay. wee fishing net. Oh, right. <laughs> Catching tiddlers. Different I loved. from guddling. <laughs> well, probably <laughs> the same. same, same <laughs> I loved, and you know, when I think back, like we were, off we went to play in the river. Uh-huh. I learned to swim in the river at home. <laughs> huh. um, I liked... I mean, you know, when I was older, I loved going out on boats. I feel like I spent quite a lot of my time in my teenage years messing about in boats. Uh-huh. It was a beautiful place to grow up, and we had the freedom of it. So lucky, yeah. 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 Although, you know, here we are in the middle of Edinburgh. I know, actually, do you know, this is actually quite a good place to pause, isn't it? Because we are in a really built-up area, but we're looking at Arthur's Seat. I know. And, you know, if you... I mean, Dumby Dykes is just up here. Not a great part of Edinburgh, is it? But... I always think that if you had to choose an area of Edinburgh to live, access to that level of green space, what other city offers that, really? So, when I first got elected, I was a little bit bewildered arriving in the city and thinking, oh my goodness, you know, what have I done? And I'm going to have to live and work uh-huh. in Edinburgh now. Yeah. And I remember being in the chamber, looking out on Arthur's seat and Salisbury Crags, and it was May time, so they were absolutely covered in gorse. Oh, so, yeah. So, so from the chamber, I could see this enormous rocky hill, mm. absolutely covered in gorse. And I looked out, and I just thought it's just like home. <laughs> <laughs> you just squint a bit. <laughs> Cut out the I don't, concrete. I don't. Home. But, but, but from the chamber, you get a direct view. Mm. So it just settled me and rooted me, and I thought it's not. You know, it's not that different. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't lived in a city view. since I'd been at uni. Hmm. Which Do you think other people in the ch- in the chamber look out and feel the same way? Is there is there a sense of when it's a nice day, oh, I need to get outside, or are people really focused on what it is that they need to do? In no, front of I mean them? I think one of the lovely things about the building, and there are different opinions on the building, but there are lots of lovely views, and you do feel connected with outdoors, even when you're indoors. Even when you're indoors. Um, even you know, there's a lot. Like, like, so being able to see that iconic hill mm. from inside the chamber is quite nice. Being able to see some of these amazing buildings and architecture. You can see up to Carlton Hill mm. from my office. I mean, it is, it is lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people probably do. I'd be surprised if they don't look out and, and appreciate their surroundings. And the building itself is quite... You know, it, there's like boat shapes and everything yeah, inside it. It's so really organic, isn't yeah. it? And there's lots of n- nice organic material around it as well. Yeah. Boat, I'd never thought of it as boat shape. Well, maybe that's, right. maybe that's me <laughs> coming from <laughs> Aleppo. And that's the, everybody interprets it their own way. Uh-huh. Well, that's what's lovely about a building, isn't it? A building like that. Where you yeah. But it's, but it's... Okay for time? Ten minutes. Yeah. We'll take a walk. It's... Yeah. it's um, I think it's a beautiful city. I think actually we are really lucky in Scotland with the cities that we have. There are green spaces in most of them. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you about your daily, your daily routine? And I mean, it sounds like you come from a background where you were always moving around and that is just so, part of... of uh, it it is a little bit of part of who I am, but um, 
I, I mean, when I was younger, I was always fairly active. And, and then, you know, when I was in my 20s and I moved back to Inverness and I worked in a hospital, I joined the hospital rugby team and I played rugby for a few years. Um, but I, when I had my children, so I had three children under five. Oh, wow. And um, There's your physical activities. Yeah, right. yeah. So, so what I found then was that I was pretty exhausted without ever apparently having moved. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I found, you know, and even just walking with children, it's quite slow. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so we did, I got a bike that had a trailer um, that's quite hard on the hills in Strathpeffer, where yeah. I live now. If I take if I take you this way, I can show you where that oh, path yeah. pops Great. out. So it just pops out of yeah, and we can we can walk the last bit. So loud on these cobbled noisy it? cobbled streets. But that was really lovely to have just popped out from Carlton burial ground back onto. We're just near the Royal Mile now. Uh-huh. And you're going to show me the the more direct way that you would go. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, you were saying about. So yeah, when the children were little, I did find it quite hard to exercise. It is, you know, you have to go at, at children's pace, and and time is tight, and you don't get very much time on your own. Uh-huh. So, you know, probably my third baby was at nursery before I pulled on a pair of trainers so I pulled on a pair of trainers and decided to run up to the um, school to collect them from nursery without having realised at all just how much fitness I had lost that must have been a difficult moment (laughs) that is so dispiriting isn't it when you reach to a certain level and then it's gone there's another barrier it's not not like I was an elite athlete or anything I was just I, I always say that I am somebody who is enthusiastic I enjoy my body um it's not really that I am particularly you know excellent at Mm -hmm. sport or talented at it I just enjoy it you get a good feeling from it I get a good feeling from it so this is where the path pops out I see and it you know you can see it is a a little bit intimidating it looks quite well lit it's well it's not in the dark is it not no there's a bit in the middle that would be Uh, quite poorly lit but a perfect place for a zip line <laughs> isn't it <laughs> absolutely straight into your office window <laughs> absolutely <laughs> what time do you start in the morning well i get up at six most mornings because um, you do your daily mile first um i tend to do a bit of work i'm not really a morning person so <laughs> <laughs> but you Which get up at six <laughs> i get up at six um so i tend to do a little bit of reading or coming to okay and then go out for my daily mile and then get on with my day, either do a bit more work or head in to the office. And I guess there's, so, so the Daily Mile only started when I became a minister. If we go this way. Okay. Um, and, and that was really within the first few months of me becoming a minister. I think I became a minister in November. And by the following Easter, I had gained weight. I realised that suddenly I didn't move around at all. Mm. So I had gone from being a backbencher who, who, literally running around all over the parliament, back and forth, really busy working in the chamber, to somebody who was in meetings all day, every day. Uh-huh. People come to you. People bring you cups of tea and coffee. You don't even have to do that yourself. Right. Um, and I thought, I'm just not moving at all. Um, so... 
that's when I started the Daily Mile. I see. Um, I thought I feel I had lots of colds that winter as well, and I thought I just need to be a bit fitter than I am now, and move around a bit more. Uh-huh. So within a couple of months of becoming a minister, I started doing a Daily Mile, and I have just loved it. It's so easy to fit into my day. It's. That- I mean, I suppose it's a discipline. It wasn't that easy at first. Yeah. But, oh my goodness, it's really easy-peasy now and I feel the benefit of it every single day. And do you see... So you... That's such a perfect illustration. So you move from being a backbencher where you were, where you were much more active and then you, you got into a position of, of more responsibility and, and all of that other stuff fell away. So you were having to prioritise your work over your health and your well-being. Uh-huh. And do you notice now that people in a similar position to you also are in that position? Is that So something? I think it is difficult. I think it's yeah. a... I, I mean, I think you will find that government ministers work from early in the morning till late at night, uh-huh. almost non-stop, quite intensively. And uh-huh. you think, well, when are they meant to fit in their exercise? Now, uh-huh. I, I have no bother with it because I you know, slot it in very early in the morning and just yeah. do a short amount every day. Uh-huh. But but getting into that habit is hard. Yeah. And the pandemic will have affected people. Uh-huh. So the pandemic, I found, and of course I have a, I have sort of a step count on my on my phone and everything. During the pandemic, just working at home, I found I was doing about 2,000 steps a day less. Oh, really? Just because you're working Just from home? Just because you're working from home. Yeah. And I actually found it quite hard to, to exercise more uh-huh. enough to accommodate yeah. that. And I think mo- many people will have found that. Uh-huh. Um, I definitely find that as well. I really have to force myself out of the out of the house in the morning unless I've got somewhere to go, unless I've got somewhere to be, then... Yeah. So I've, you, yeah. I've tried to build in a lunchtime walk wherever I am, be I here or at home, you know. And is that is it hard Take the to steps protect instead that of the lift? Yeah, good. <laughs> is it hard to protect that time? Because I, kn- I know is. how busy yeah. you must be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How, do it, you, how do you do it? So, so I suppose one of the other things that's happened in our family recently is my husband's been ill. He had a heart attack just a week before the oh election, and that has refocused our you know, priority on exercise uh-huh. for both of us. We're all, the whole Todd family's on a bit of a health kick since then. Uh-huh. And, and John and I, yeah, his recovery hasn't been straightforward. So he's still quite limited in the exercise that he can do. But we make sure we make time to exercise together most days. Uh-huh. Even when I'm down here, we exercise and, you know, I'll be on the phone while he's walking at home. Uh-huh. Um, and that, you know, not only do we get the benefit of the exercise, but it's a chance for us to check in with each other yeah, each so day. So, so for me, yeah. it's, it's a massive priority at the moment, but I think mm. that's kind of understandable and not everyone has the same yeah. motivation yeah. as I would have yeah. right now. Well, I hope... Um, thank you. I hope it continues. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel the benefit of it. Uh-huh. And John does too. And John does too. Yeah. You know, we, you know, it, it, however poorly he's feeling, he feels better after a walk. Yeah, exactly. And it is about so much more than just your physical yeah. as well, isn't it? That, that d- lovely description of it being your time to come together and just how important. There's nothing more important I, I absolutely. Think, is there, than relationships and health. 
Yeah, and we often, I mean, one of the things that was really precious during the pandemic, a time when we, we had to stay away from all our friends and neighbours, was just as you were out walking, you would bump into people. Oh. <laughs> and you could stand and chat two metres uh-huh. apart yeah. outdoors. A lifeline for so many people, Absolutely. wasn't it? Absolutely, and, and I suppose that shows you the social benefit of exercising. Yeah. You know, so exercising makes... It's really good for your physical health. It's really good for your mental health, but it's sociable as well. Yeah. And I noticed that in you know just cycling last week in Edinburgh, like, and it you know as I've said, it's not a place I know well. I certainly don't know that many folk. But because you're on a bike and you can make eye contact with people, uh-huh. and you say hello to folk. Folks uh-huh. say hello to you as you yeah. go by. It's a leveler, isn't so it? So it's just a real. There's a social aspect uh-huh. to that, which yeah. is lovely. The other thing last week was I saw a sort of a kindergarten train. So, you know, people out with these massive oh, buggies yeah. with loads of kids in them out for a walk. And I mean, that's the highlight I mean, of my day. That's just joy personified, <laughs> isn't it, when you see that? Absolutely. Yeah. Flowing with yeah. endorphins and oxytocin and nice hormones. <laughs> uh-huh. For us viewing, <laughs> let alone the kids, isn't it? Because we've seen all those little happy faces yeah. outside enjoying themselves. Now, we need Great. that. Get them for into our active kids. transport. <laughs> Early doors. Absolutely, yeah. Hook them like that. And then they'll become adults that do make time for physical activity in their, in their work lives. And Absolutely. Yeah. Well, talking to you has been a bit of an inspiration, actually, because it's that, it's that focus. You've refocused me on protecting time around my work. I think that is just so, so important, reminding ourselves of the importance now. So one of the things I say to people, people say to me all the time, how do you manage to do your daily mile when you're such a busy person? And I'm like, firstly, it makes me feel good every single day. Like, I don't do it because I have to. Uh I do it because it makes me feel good. Uh And the second thing is, it takes literally 20 minutes. It's a short distance. Mm -hmm. It's not going to hurt you because it's not a long distance run or anything you're not going to do yourself an injury however fit you are yeah it makes you feel good and i could i could easily waste that time on twitter (laughs) and feel much worse yeah (laughs) totally i think that's really really helpful correlation isn't it 20 minutes investment in your in your health and well-being and it's very hard to argue with you up i mean there's the other thing so we've got mental health benefit physical health benefit social benefit but it sets you up cognitively for the day. Yeah. Like I know my head is clearer. I think things through. Quite often talk things through to yeah. people. Yeah. Um, you know, it sorts me out. You make for the s- day. You make a very strong argument. <laughs> <laughs> and now I need to let you go to work. Indeed. Which is a shame because I think a lap of Arthur's seat would have been really nice. <laughs> but we'll maybe do we it could again. do it again. I would really like that. Yeah. Thanks very much yeah. for, for walking and talking with me. No bother at all. Absolute oh, pleasure. Sorry for getting you lost. But that's, <laughs> right. that's quite life like that. in Edinburgh for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice to extend our walk a bit. So perfect is what I can Indeed, say. Indeed, more steps. <laughs> more steps. Yeah, really lovely. And yeah, it's such a shame that we need to end.